1: But I think it's like that in in business and in life. I think things just present themselves and you're like, well, maybe this is just when it's supposed to happen because it's when it makes sense. And it's when this opportunity has presented itself. And I need to embrace that and I just need to get on board and and follow kind of this, this clear indication that life is giving you that says like, hey, here's where you need to go, you know.
2: Welcome to the Way Up North podcast. This is where we get to know the speakers presenting at Europe's wedding photography conference Way Up North. We're not interested in which apertures they use or what they carry in their camera bags. Instead, we aim to get to know them a little bit better as people. My name is Jacob, and in a few moments you'll hear my colleague Cole interviewing Davina and Daniel. Davina and Daniel are two of the most well-known wedding photographers there is. They reside on the east coast of Canada and shoot weddings all over the world. Aside from running a highly successful international wedding photography business, they also run The Image Salon, an editing business for photographers, and they have an associates business that do weddings locally. These two have a lot of knowledge and experience, that's for sure. Here's Cole's talk with Davina and Daniel.
3: So you don't really have a Quebecois accent, but you're in Montreal, right?
1: That's
3: right. Show. So, are you Québécois? Yeah,
1: but I mean, we're bilingual. We speak English and French equally. So,
3: uh, but are you? But are you? Are you from Quebec? Yep.
1: Yeah.
3: Like originally, like born yeah, in. Yeah, we're America. both
1: from here. Really,
3: mm-hmm. I had no idea. I, for some reason, I thought you were from Alberta. Did you live out in the West Coast at some point?
1: No, nope. always lived here.
3: <laughs> I, but if you, you're from Quebec, but you have a studio in New York as well, right?
0: Uh, we actually don't. Uh, it's a forwarding number, um, you know, just because we travel so much for yeah. weddings.
3: Most of our clients
1: are from the U.S. Yeah.
3: Okay. So okay. We have
1: a forwarding number from New York, just so it's easier for them to to reach us.
3: Mm-hmm. So you're you're bilingual and you're from Quebec. So what's like what's it like being an entrepreneur in Quebec? And that's a pretty open, vague question. But I think a lot of the people listening to this podcast are from Europe and probably don't know. You know, I'm going to assume they don't know much about Quebec, but Quebec's you know bilingual country or bilingual province that wants to be its own country. So, what's it like being an entrepreneur there?
1: I think it can be tricky. You have a lot of laws related to language that you wouldn't have anywhere else. Um, so, from a kind of like legal logistical standpoint, there's a lot that you need to consider when you're running a business here. For example, um, you need to be registered. Your business needs to be registered as a French name, um, primarily. Uh, If you have signage outside of your place of business, it needs to be larger in French than English. A certain percentage of the type of, you know, the type size needs to be bigger. Um, Your website
0: has to be bilingual. Yeah. Really? So there's a lot of little things that you know you have to watch out for.
1: That you wouldn't necessarily. Have anywhere else, and th- that's not the case in the rest of Canada, that's really specific to Quebec,
3: yeah, not at all. Like in BC, that I think you'd need to get a sign in Chinese if you're having a business in Vancouver instead of French. Because... <laughs> but what about culturally? Like, and what I mean by that is, like, I'm from British Columbia, so obviously, we're a bit aware of what goes on in Quebec and how it's a little bit different than the rest of Canada. So, culturally, like languages especially what's it like having a business there like you two are bilingual but like do you notice any cultural Things that are a little bit unique about Quebec that you don't that aren't obvious to people who are living outside of Quebec
1: Um, I think we're very split here You know, there's the English and there's a French and then there are people who kind of can Can go to both sides if you will and I think Daniel and I fall into that category So, um, you know, if you look at our wedding clients, for example, so we personally don't shoot weddings in Quebec. Um, We only travel for weddings, but we do have an associate studio here in Montreal. So they do, you know, like 80 weddings a year locally. So if we look at their clients, you know, culturally, there will be the Anglophone clients and there will be the Francophone clients. And the way that they get married is pretty different, I'd say. Um, Traditionally, the Francophones just did not get married at all um, not traditionally like old, old traditionally, but in the last like 20 years, maybe. So for example, on my French side of my family, I have maybe 30 cousins and I was the first one out of them to get married, even though I'm one of the youngest. Wow. Um, yeah. So Grace Barrow clients, that's our associate studio. So they have, you know, their Anglophone clients, um, are used to like in their, in their families, everyone gets married. They're used to having big weddings. They're used to spending money on weddings, um, whereas, you know, the francophones are kind of just starting to do that now. It's starting to be trendier for them mm-hmm. um, to have weddings. Their friends are getting married and having bigger weddings. So it's taken them a while to catch up, in a way, to the English market.
0: Yeah. And then the English market, too, it stems from so many different cultures here mm-hmm. in Montreal. Like, it's it's not... English, Canadian, most of them are Italian or Greek or Portuguese or Irish or Scottish or, you know, a lot of different places from Europe. So they they always come with their own, Mm -hmm. you know, traditional weddings, so to speak. Mm -hmm.
3: Okay, well, we'll kind of, like, reel it back to you who you are on a personal level, but you mentioned there that you don't do weddings in Quebec anymore is, is and I, I understand that you have the, the studio who does do it, but do you not do them for any other reason outside of professional reasons? Like you just choose not to because you just don't want to, or, or why is that?
0: Yeah, we kind of gave, like, we love to travel and we love to photograph weddings. So a few years ago, we decided we were gonna make that sort of our primary focus. And, uh, you know, that's, that's carried over the last five years. Um, and, you know, we, we choose to kind of save ourselves only for destination weddings.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay, so, okay, you, you're travelers. You do a lot of destination weddings. Jakob and I, with our photography business, we do as well. We've spoken at quite a few conferences, and you definitely have. You've, you've been around the block. What? Okay, so how do I phrase this question? How do you feel when people ask you... How do you deal with working illegally without working visas?
0: Yeah, so we actually went through one of the hardest things we've gone through, uh, not personally, but professionally, and we got visas to work in the United States. Uh, Funny enough, that visa, that you know, the only one that we kind of qualify for is the same one that actors, you know, who play in Hollywood movies, uh applied for so we kind of had to follow those same procedures which seemed a little bit ridiculous uh, but I, you know with a lawyer with the help of a lawyer it worked uh, so we've been working in the u.s legally for the last few years and that's a big one for us because we have a lot of weddings over there so and then you know when it comes to other countries i actually don't know that the law necessarily restricts us uh... i think
1: it really depends on the country to be honest we never really do our research um we travel with our son with my parents We're always like making such a family vacation on our overseas trips that we almost forget that the purpose of our trip initially was for, for work. So I think we conveniently forget about it and just kind of go. And Mm -hmm. one thing that we've noticed when we do travel outside the country is nobody ever asks you the way that they do when you go to the U.S. or if you're from the U.S. and you come to Canada. You know, they're right away looking for people who are coming in their into their country for work. Um but nobody nobody has ever asked us at any other borders whether we are there for work. Yeah, there's
0: definitely there's definitely a lot of ambiguity, you know, when it comes to a lot of other countries and if you try to figure out what the law says, you you're not going to get a clear answer when it comes to yeah. coming
3: in to photograph a wedding. Um, well, you, and- you you guys actually that was like a legit answer. I was actually curious how you feel when you're asked that because I know when we're asked that, it's like ah oh. It like hurts our heart because we don't really have a great answer. <laughs> I never like. want
1: to be like, yeah, who cares? Yeah, you know. Yeah, but I don't want to encourage other people to do it. I don't want to be like the face of illegal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the <laughs> law the law is very clear for the United States, and that's one place that we don't want to mess with.
3: Um, well, what we what I say is don't mess with Canada because it's actually the worst place if you're. Have,
1: yeah, we have heard that it's worse. You know, we have um, actor clients whose wedding we photographed in the u.s we were just talking to them and you know they they're like hollywood people and even they with their fancy agents and fancy contracts have still gotten in so much trouble coming into canada to shoot things in vancouver or whatever yeah it's kind of funny like, canada's do, the
3: worst
1: that's what we hear. Yeah. out that's so funny for such an inclusive we're such an inclusive country you know it's <laughs> not that hard to be a refugee here or to be an immigrant here. But if you want to come work here, oof, I don't know.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so, Davina, what's, uh, what's your home city?
1: My home city is Sherbrooke, Quebec. It's a small city about an hour and a half outside of Montreal. So that's where I was born and raised.
0: And Daniel? I am born and raised in Montreal, so I haven't
3: left this town ever. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's,
1: a, it's a big city. Come on.
3: So, where did you two meet, and like, what's your what's your background? In, in a nutshell, I'm sure you've been asked this quite a few times, but I don't know myself. So maybe in 30 seconds or less. I have a
1: little skip left. to do it, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Funny
0: enough, this is to skip the intros at the conference, but part of our presentation usually is just like a quick one-minute recap.
1: Yeah, we do like we it. put 60 seconds up on the clock, and we do like our recap of our history leading up to now.
3: <laughs> could you do it? Uh, in, could you do it in 10 seconds? Um, Probably. <laughs>
0: Probably. So, the, the super quick version is that we met on assignment for a magazine. Uh, I was the photographer and Davina was writing the article.
1: I was in journalism school when I, I got an internship for this magazine and we met on an assignment.
3: That's right. Okay. Well, that, that kind of segues nicely then into like what what were you doing, uh, Davina, before you were the photographer? So, it sounds like you were doing some sort of journalism stuff.
1: Um, well, I started you know professional wedding photography pretty young because I... I, you know, in university met Daniel and I hadn't started my career yet. I was working in a hospital part-time, you know, to put myself through school, but I was actually, you know, just wanted to be a journalist and trying to figure out what kind of journalism I wanted to do. And it was kind of like trial and error. Everything that I tried, I kind of disliked or found ways that it wasn't really suited to me um, until I got to the photography part, um, which isn't even... I was interested in writing right off the bat, but, you know, photography was really interesting to me and around the same time that I started photojournalism in school I met Daniel and he was a photographer um, working for himself you know living still living at home and I thought that was a pretty cool job that he had and I was intrigued by him both on a personal romantic level and on a professional level so yeah we quickly started uh, working together after while I was still in school so I just started shooting weddings straight out of school and never stopped really that was eight years ago.
3: Wow so you've You've pretty much been self-employed your whole career then.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've never, I mean, other than like part-time student jobs, I've never actually had like a serious job where I was working for someone else.
0: And
3: what about you, Daniel? Uh,
0: So I got into photography because my dad has always done it as a serious hobby. Uh, He's published books and he's been working on a circus project for the last decade, uh, if not a little bit more. A circus
3: circus project? That's
0: yeah. right, yeah, he follows this circus, and he, I don't know, he's such a, like, charismatic person who has, like, no boundaries, so he, he, he like, talked his way into, like, getting behind the scenes of this circus that travels. And he's well, this,
1: like, Russian dude with a mustache that has, like, an accent and doesn't care who he's talking to, or who he's sticking his camera in front of. He's very admirable from that point of view. Right.
3: Well, your your last name, is its is it, a like, are, are you... How do you say this diplomatically like did your parents come into Canada from another country cuz right,
0: yeah. they, they left communist russia which was ussr back in the 70s and uh yeah they lived in italy for a year and uh, then they moved to canada
1: which no, country can have... oh sorry
3: which country the, which country what did they come from like the us Like, USSR was a pretty big place, so do you have roots? That's right, from Russia, yeah. From Russia, okay. Do you speak Russian?
0: Yeah, my dad was originally from Ukraine, but... They came from Russia. They came from Russia,
3: yeah. So he
0: basically got me my first camera when I was maybe 12 or 13, and uh, I just kind of really fell in love with photography in general, and then one time came for me to pick something to do after high school. Uh, Professional photography was sort of the obvious choice, so I did that for four years and have a degree in... Professional photography. And, uh, originally, I didn't want to do weddings, uh, but right around 2007, the market here in Montreal was kind of very stuck in traditional stuff. And, and uh, I came across DJA and I really fell in love with, you know, what Chrisman and Wee and David Murray and all those photojournalists.
3: Wow, that's interesting. So, not to uh, go back to your dad too much, but was, what kind of photography was he doing?
0: Uh, he just shoots a lot of stuff when we were traveling. Uh, no, United. like I mean,
3: back back in the day, like when he was in, you know, USSR, was he like a war photographer or what yeah, kind
0: professional. of professional? It was just you know day to day stuff. He does a lot of still lives. Yeah, yeah, nowadays he does a lot of still lives, but back in the day, it's uh, yeah, just a lot of day to day life
1: always black and white film
0: yeah which he still does he still develops and prints his own film
3: interesting like I'm curious what kind of like how you thought about that growing up because like my mom is still a photographer and I got dragged around to a lot of things that she did and I I really detested it it kind of turned (laughs) me off big time from photography in general but for you were you did it kind of inspire you to want to be a photographer from day one would you say your dad took you to, like, workshops. And yeah, stuff. definitely.
0: I I don't remember a day when I did not like it, so I don't know why that is, but what the difference would be between you and I, but... <laughs> well, like...
3: I mean, there's no right and wrong. It's just an interesting... It's interesting. Yeah. It sounds like it was kind of, like, meant to be for you in a way.
0: Yeah, I think so. And the funny thing is my dad tried on my older sister first uh, while I was still too young, and... You know, it didn't, it didn't take, she, she didn't like it. And then he moved on to me and it, it caught on with me. So I think he, he's kind of happy he succeeded with one of us.
3: Uh, like you have a few businesses right now. Why don't you just kind of like run through a few of them in a couple, couple sentences? Because, I mean, you do quite a few things. You're not just wedding photographers now.
0: That's right. Um, So Davina and I, you know, we photograph 10 to 15 weddings uh, a year all across the world. Then we have Grace Ferro Studio, which is our associate studio in Montreal. They do about 85 local weddings, run a photo booth business that does uh, anywhere between 40 and 60 events every year. And then the Image Salon about a year and a half ago now, uh, and that's an editing service for other wedding photographers. And uh, we employ close to 30 editors uh, now, and we edit for about 400 clients every year. And uh, yeah, that's where we are at today.
3: Okay, well then, <clears throat> what I was going to ask you about that, and maybe Davina, you can answer this, like you're really like all in with weddings in a huge way like I you're doing a lot of weddings personally you have associates doing 85 weddings image salons editing a ton of weddings you have the photo booth so like your world is you know for professionally your world is so involved in the wedding world do you ever kind of get sick of it or do you really love weddings that much
1: You know, what's funny is I don't feel like we're immersed in weddings that much. And when you say it, you know, the way that you presented it, I'm like, yeah, that's totally like, we definitely know weddings really well. um, And our entire world kind of revolves around them. But we're not dealing with weddings that much on a like day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. Like, it's a lot of, you know, I don't know, all sorts of other things. Yeah,
0: I think the bulk of our time is spent just being entrepreneurs. mm -hmm. And the wedding industry just happens to be the industry that we're in. I think that... You know, we feel most involved in wedding industry is when Davina and I are shooting weddings together because we deal with our own clients. We, you know, we, we're actually we, at weddings. We're tonight. actually are at weddings, but then when it comes to our associate studio, we're we're helping manage and we have a great manager who deals with day to day operations. So we're not as involved there. Uh, and then for the image salon too, it's it's more about running a you know a smooth and efficient business uh, versus you know dealing with weddings themselves.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Fair play, fair play.
1: <laughs> I mean, to be honest, I actually do really like weddings and more than actually liking weddings, I just really like connecting with people through weddings and that's one of the reasons why I think I could never give up shooting weddings completely. Um, I, I like being creative and I like being a photographer, but I also just like the human connection. I know that sounds a little bit cliche and cheesy, but it's really true. Like, I like bonding with our clients and and just being there on like an important day in their lives and So, so I do actually sincerely like weddings a lot, but I don't (laughs) think I'm dealing with them as much, you know, on a day to day basis as as you would think, you know. Yeah, yeah. Everything.
3: Well, like, like it. I don't know if I were to like just do an assumption of you two. Like, you strike me as like super entrepreneurial, and obviously, you're artist as well. But like entrepreneurial first is kind of like how I would categorize you if I had to. So. Do you look at yourselves that way? And, and when did you feel like you're more entrepreneurial than artists, if that makes sense?
0: Um, I think we kind of pick the hat that we want to pick every morning. <laughs> uh, obviously, since we started the Image Salon, it's been more entrepreneurial than photographer. But we still know, you know when to be artists and kind of put the business stuff aside.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so- I feel like both and I feel like neither at the same time. <laughs> it's really hard
3: to say. Well and you, and your parents now as well, right? So how does like how do how do you manage your time as as such busy entrepreneurs with a child as well now?
1: So wait, um before I answer that, when is this gonna go when will this be out in the world?
3: Uh I think in a couple of weeks.
1: Okay, that's probably fine. That's fine. Yeah. Why what's up? Um, so what's up? <laughs> we're about to be parents for the second time. Oh,
3: congratulations. Awesome.
1: Uh, Thank you. Um, I'm like 14 weeks tomorrow, and
3: oh, so you can talk. I about mean, we it. we had
1: an ultrasound, good. yeah, we just ha- still have a few people who we need to tell people who are close to us who need to know before it goes.
3: It'll happen uh, in it the goes next two live,
1: weeks. yeah, on social
3: media. <laughs> so, Yako doesn't need to edit this out.
1: <laughs> no, it'll be fine.
3: Okay. Wow. Yeah. Well, congratulations. That's
1: thanks. Yeah. So you know, it's um, balance is one of those terms that's like. Always kind of makes me laugh because it's it's like impossible
3: mm-hmm.
0: yet
1: we're always striving for it.
0: Yeah I was talking about that with Camille of Jonetsu Studios and she was saying that the word balance sort of overrated. It has to be about harmony. Mm. So the different elements in our lives like being entrepreneurs, being artists, being parents, being lovers, being you know all of those things they kind of have to work together as a whole. It, it would be lying if we were saying that every day is perfectly balanced and we get a bit of everything. It, that you know, that could never happen. But I think as a whole, we we do have harmony in our lives, or at least we we try to, mm-hmm. you know, get as much of it as possible.
1: We always get people who, who, I mean, everybody approaches me whenever they need something from me. You know, whether it's a friend or one of our employees or anyone, they're always like, "I know you guys are super busy, but if you have time, blah blah blah." And I don't feel like I'm that crazy busy because I do. F- feel like things are in their place and things function in a way that that just makes everything work out like you know when we start listing all the businesses or all the things that we're doing yeah it seems like a lot but I don't know we're we're two of us we've got a good team like we just kind of figure things out and we know what our priorities are our priority number one is is our son and you know soon to be second baby
3: that's so cool Um, good for you our
1: family is just the most important thing when that is suffering, we just need to stop whatever we're doing and refocus on that. And that's, you know, we're in agreement for that. I think we always will be. And that's, it's important for us to be a united page about that.
3: Wow. That's, that's great. I I probably could keep asking questions about your upcoming second one, but I, but I want to kind of like keep it a little bit on, um, on you as a business, as a business couple. So one question I, I wanted to ask you was, uh, you're employers and you you know, you're responsible for other people's checks every two weeks or what however you do it So one thing I'm curious about is as an employer How do you how did you get comfortable kind of like letting go a little bit? And, and what I mean by that is like with your artistry, you know You have associates who are photographing weddings under a brand that you created and you need to kind of let go and trust them and
0: yeah, we spent a lot of time training them at the beginning and making sure that they adopted the same philosophies and the same approaches that we take when it comes to weddings.
1: It's really daunting and scary at the beginning to just kind of send them off on their first wedding. There's only so much that you can do to prepare them. They, Our first two shooters just came along with us. We were still shooting in Montreal at that time, so... They would come with us on shoots, come to us on weddings, like as third shooters, and just try to learn what we're doing, kind of learn the language that you, we use when we pose, see our approach. Um, then we would critique them after every wedding, look through all their images, you know, try to identify um, where they had bad habits that were forming, or, you know, where they should have stuck to their shots a little bit more, where they could be pushing it a bit more. I mean, you name it. Is this um, is
3: that how you treated one another when you first started?
1: Um,
2: No. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> <laughs>
0: I I mean I remember us like critiquing each other and you do yeah and I mean we still push each other and challenge each other to be better. I don't think we critique each other's you know no. No. exposure or anything like that, but uh, there's <laughs> well, definitely a sense of challenging each other.
3: Well, it, like you, you two are you're obviously you're super established. So I'm I'm kind of thinking in terms of of couples who are starting out you know in a professional setting like they start a photography business together for example like like what were you two like in the beginning like how did you approach it um as a business together
1: I think we encouraged each other a lot and kind of like were each other's biggest cheerleaders and to be honest when I started shooting weddings I was more confident then eight years ago with no experience than I probably am today in a way um because it's like the more you know the more you know that you could do better (laughs) I think that's really what it is for me, anyway. I know that Daniel would not agree with that for himself, but that's I'm I'm maybe a little bit more insecure than he is, so that's how it is for me. Um, but I think in the beginning, when Daniel and I sh- started shooting together, we would um, try to be the same. Like we sold all the time that we shoot exactly the same. It doesn't matter which one of us is shooting; it's the same. It's the same. It's the same. Whereas as we shot more and more we kind of started to embrace each other's, like our differences and, you know, our strengths and our weaknesses. And we use them to our advantage now as a team. You know, it's it's okay that he's better at some things um, than I am. And it's okay that I'm better at some things than he is because we have to be that way if we're going to be a really strong team. I think that's when we embraced that and understood that is when we started to really be a team instead of just two photographers who shot together.
3: And And from the beginning, did you kind of like... Did you have high hopes of having a studio set up? Were you were you thinking growth like that from day one, or did it just happen organically?
1: We did not want a studio. Like we didn't think that we could ever have other people um, working for us. You know the way that we do now in terms of like a separate brand or anything like that. But we did in the very beginning have a few other photographers on our team. So we would often split. Daniel and I. We would each shoot with someone else. We we're just trying to like be a really successful business and kind of dominate the local market. Um, But that was kind of doing things backwards. Like we started by doing a ton of weddings a year with no experience and then realized, hey, we want to be better photographers. Like let's take a step back. Let's just be just the two of us and shoot together and just like be better photographers and kind of learn. We got lucky because we started our business in a year where nobody locally was doing what we were doing. So it was easy for us to book clients, even though we had very little experience.
3: So you're are you pretty well versed in the in the the market there? Like you you know what's going on? You have a pretty good tab on it.
1: I know it very well. <laughs> well,
3: okay, good because because I'm curious. Do you think people are saying that now the same thing?
1: No, um, about the. The industry here
3: well yeah nobody's nobody was doing what you no okay how do i phrase this when you started you were lucky because nobody was doing what you were doing and that's why that helped you in kind of blowing up a little bit do you think people are saying that now in their own way like are there anybody out there doing something extraordinarily different in your opinion
1: i really don't i mean not in montreal
3: no Interesting, because you've been around a while, and I'm curious if you if you see see things as being a bit cyclical. I guess is what I'm really getting. At. I
1: think that right now, wedding photographers in Montreal are now all doing like, for the most part, the candid, you know, docu- documentary stuff, pushing creative portraits. Like most people, I think. Working wedding photographers in Montreal are doing that. They're, some of them are doing it in different ways. Some have maybe like film look editing. Some people have more, you know, contrasty, punchy stuff. But in general, the approach is, is pretty much the same. Whereas where we, when we were starting out our business, you know, a photo of a bride and groom not looking at the camera was really exciting to people because it was candid
3: oh interesting mm-hmm. so daniel people kind of gravitated or conferences i should say conference and in, in educational settings sort of gravitated to you too well they have you know for years now so why do you think that is and what do you think your biggest contribution to like educate educating other photographers is
0: i i don't know it's a tough one to answer modestly and be
3: <laughs> well don't be
1: modest i don't That's even okay. yeah. I have no clue
0: um I think we have a very strong understanding of composition, light, and timing, and you know how those three elements come together to uh, make for unique captures, either in a candid moment or in a creative setting where you have a little bit more control.
3: What about from a business perspective? Because a lot of people come to you because you have something to, to to teach. So, what do you think your your greatest strengths are as as business people? I do hear
1: that a lot—the business stuff that people want to hear business stuff from us. And I'm always thinking, like, business to me is just logic. But I guess it's logic that not everybody necessarily possesses. So maybe I take it for granted. Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. What do you think?
0: Um, I think we've you know figured out a good formula for destination weddings. Uh, you know, when it's combined with very solid work that sets you apart from the crowd a little bit. Uh, and then, aside from that, you know, I know one thing that works really well in all of our businesses is just really good customer service, it's something that we've put a ton of emphasis on. Uh, and it's something that we're realizing is really, a, you know, a big strength of ours at this point.
3: Interesting. So I, I, I was kind of asking that in, in a way because before I spoke with you, I was kind of Googling you a little bit, and I saw an interview with Crash Taylor from quite a while ago. I think it was 2010. So maybe. old. Yeah. So, so I I bring that up not to, you know, quote the interview or anything like that, but when you look back at how you guys did grow so quickly and had a lot of early success, what would you say to yourself? Like, what would you say to those two back, you know, six, seven years ago, like from a, from a business perspective, what would you say you should do this differently?
0: Um, Honestly, I, I don't know. Personally, I wouldn't really change anything. I'm pretty fulfilled and satisfied with the path we've had. And I I don't feel like, you know, I I would want to be more successful or, you know, I'm thankful and satisfied with where we are today. And I appreciate the path that we've taken to get here. So I don't really.
1: Yeah, I think without affecting the future, I would tell them like, you don't even know. (laughs) You think you know what you want but you have no idea. And I think that, you know, when what we wanted back then is what we've achieved now and so much more. And like, I know that's not, that's not modest or humble or anything like that, but it's, it's really the truth. I mean, we thought we would, we would be the luckiest people on the planet if we could get to a point where we were proud of our photography and we're doing something that people were responding to and that we felt we were being creative and were, you know, somewhat looked up to in the industry. If I'm being completely honest, that's definitely something we would have, um, hoped for. Um, and to travel for weddings, like, we just dreamed of having like one destination a year, let alone like 10 and some of the locations that we've had. I, I'm just, yeah, I don't think back then we would have ever thought that our dreams were a possibility, but, but they were. And, I don't know it's pretty it's pretty cool to
3: look back on that i guess well like when you when you make a decision to to start something like image salon or even the photo booth or you know all these ventures mm-hmm. like it starts with an idea of course and you got to think about it and you toss and turn about whether or not it's a it's a good idea and for you like you you put it into action and i'm curious like you can be as specific or as vague as you want, but like what's like the tipping point where you go from taking an idea and, and deciding to put it into action? Like, do you have like a, are you analytical kind of people or like how do you how do you go from an idea into
2: action?
1: Well, first of all, I think that the businesses have been like the biggest surprise for me. Like, you know, we're talking back um, seven years ago or six or seven years ago. If, if we look back then, I would have never then thought that I would be an entrepreneur to this extent. I thought it was going to be like a one-man operation or a two-man operation. Daniel and I shooting weddings destination was the dream. I never thought businesses were in our future. Um, even just a few years ago, I would have never thought that the image salon would be in our future. Um, but I think we see opportunity and our kind of advantage in a way is that we're both like-minded in terms of, you know, our desire to be, entrepreneurial and so we can discuss things together and we can bounce ideas off each other and I think if it were me on my own I would have never started a single business I think maybe Daniel on his own would but to this extent probably not like I think we just have each other so much to to make those decisions together to bounce ideas off of each other and then you feel less crazy when you're like is this insane or could this really work? And then the other person's like, no, I think it really could. And let's discuss this. And then you kind of have a support already, you know? Mm
3: -hmm. Yes. Are you big dreamers like that? Would you say like, do you have a lot of big ideas floating around or are you pretty like down to earth? Like this, you know, structured in a way.
0: Yeah, I think we've come up with like hundreds of businesses and then crushed, you know, hundreds of them as
3: well. Coming up. Well, who's the who's the crush? Who's the crusher? Because it seems like in in working relationships, oftentimes one is more of the big idea person. and One is more of the that's a shitty idea person. Do you have do you have a balance there? Um,
1: I'm going to let Daniel answer this question.
0: I'm going to say I come up with a lot of stupid ideas and Davina, you know, rightfully crushes them. I would
1: agree.
0: (laughs)
3: The dream killer. No,
0: no, no. She's the she squashes my stupid ideas.
1: I have ideas for like ways to change the world all the time. I'm like, you know what would work is if, you know, we could help these people by doing this, this and this, and they're not business ideas. Like it's always like, but this will cost you a million dollars and you will never make money. And I'm like, Oh no, I wasn't like trying to make money. This isn't a business, it's just like a charitable idea and it's like those are my ideas usually. <laughs>
3: Well, okay, that that's a that's like do you do charitable things outside? What do you do when you're not like in the wedding bubble? Like how do you get out of there and escape? Like what kind of things do you guys do?
0: Um, I mean, the last year and a half has been a lot of just spending family time with, mm-hmm. you know, with Max, but uh to answer your char- charitable question, uh last fall when we celebrated our 1-year anniversary at the Image Salon, we started uh well, we committed to start donating one cent per photo edited uh, to a charity, and we edit anywhere between one hundred fifty and two hundred thousand photos every month. Uh, so you know it, it's a sizable donation, anywhere between.
3: Holy uh, shit!
0: Um, so we donate anywhere between fifteen hundred and two thousand dollars every month uh, to a charity, and usually those charities are nominated either by our editors or by our clients.
1: Mm-hmm. The Image Salon, like, it's not like I want to make a billion dollars off of that business. Like, I have found a lot of joy in running that business from, you know, our 30 people who work here are mostly students out of photography school who we get to employ full time and, like, give them a place to work with images on a day-to-day basis. And, you know, we try to encourage them. We have a studio space here. We encourage them to use it, you know, whenever they want to practice anything or if they have gigs on the side and you know, they're free to use the space. Um, we we want to kind of like create this community of, of photographers and and kind of build them up, I guess. And that's been like a really big joy for us, I think, in running this business and a really unexpected one. Um, and the charity stuff, like to me, it's it's just it just makes sense, you know. Like we were around for a year and we weren't we were profitable, which was great, you know, for a business that hasn't been around for that long. And to me, it just made sense that like, well, let's give back, you know, let's make this like a positive thing. It's, I don't know, it was always kind of something that I I felt that we were responsible for and that we wanted to do.
3: Interesting. That's so, I'm thinking of you as employers and that's like something a model employer should do. Not every employer acts that way, but you just did it in kind of a a natural fashion. It sounds like after a year of You know first year of success so i'm curious like did you have a model Davina, of what type of employer you wanted to be because you don't get to 30 employees you know successfully unless you're a decent employer so did you have a model that you kind of followed
1: i think a theme for daniel and i is that we tend to do things backwards like we do things before we're ready or we make decisions before we really have like the knowledge or the experience backing us up to make those decisions i don't know that's just a theme in our lives and in our Mm -hmm. business and I kind of feel like the image salon and hiring people was the same way. It's like we were ready to, take, to bring on a lot of employees before we even knew what it meant to be an employer, um, before I even started reading about it. So it's now that we have a team of 30 that I'm starting to, you know, listen to more podcasts or read more business books or just read articles about other businesses and other entrepreneurs. And, you know, I Google things like how to be a good employer and, you know. <laughs> Just anything like that. So I'm only really now starting to educate myself. So I can't say that I initially had this idea of the type of employer that I was going to be. I didn't even think of myself as an employer until we had like a really big team. Um, I think we've been learning things as we go and following our gut on a lot of things. And only now as I'm reading um, more and more stuff am I seeing that the decisions that we've made and the reasons why we've made them are actually like backed by a lot of people who know what they're doing. <laughs> like, for example, we thought it was really important for us to hire people who were, like, fun people and who, like, we got along with and were kind of like, if they're lame and you don't really want to, like, hang out with them, then you should probably not hire them, even if they're qualified. And I was like, is that okay? Like, would other people say that we're crazy, that we're looking over people who are maybe, like, qualified? But, you know, I just thought attitude is everything. And if you can't – if someone's not going to be able to take criticism well, you don't really want to have them as an employee – and then I started reading stuff about other businesses. Um, I think it was Zappos. They were saying, like, we only hire people who we want to go out for coffee with. I was like, well, there you go. So it's okay what we're doing. Other people are doing it too. <laughs> it made me feel better that a lot of the philosophies that we kind of have, you know, are, are okay. And, like, we are allowed to, to pick the way that, that we do things around here.
3: So it sounds like you kind of have a common sense approach. I don't know. You make it sound very easy, but when you're setting up a a new business, what's what's step one for you? Like, do you think about purpose and and all that, you know, business jargon or do you think about intent? Like, do you think that way and set up like a a strategy or are you really just kind of winging it and doing well by by you know instinct almost
0: yeah. yeah there's a lot of instinct and just letting things grow and happen organically that 's how you know all all of our businesses have come about it's been a very organic step, so like our associate studio came organically because we were starting to travel for weddings and we're still getting a lot of requests in Montreal, so we're like, okay, well, you know, if we hired photographers and we had a manager, then we could take on those weddings as well, and then as that team grew and We are turning over 85 weddings of our own every year. We had a team of editors. And around the same time, a few photographers reached out to us and said they were looking for someone to edit their photos. We told them, well, we have editors who edit our photos. How about we take you on as well? And then the image salon salon was born out of that. Mm -hmm. So it's it's always been a very organic growth.
1: It's also everything has always started really small without too much um, of an investment, both like, Mental or financial. Um, so, you know, when we started Grace Sparrow, for example, the associate studio, we just had two people, and we're like, okay, well, these will be two people. We'll train them as a team to shoot the way that Daniel and I do, and you know, we'll give them some weddings, and we'll see how that goes. And then, as they were getting really good, we're like, well, maybe we can take on two new people. And then, you know, since they have a lot of experience, we can split them up, and each of them can shoot with one of the newer shooters. So now we'll have two teams, and it really is like it could not be more organic than that. It's. Like, Subdivision, you know. (laughs) Um, And yeah, same with the image salon. So it's never been like, okay, let us hire 30 people and start this business and see what happens. It's always been like, you know, let's try with one or two people and see how that goes. And, oh, people are really interested. Let's, you know, maybe put it out to the general public and see what happens then. And yeah, step by step.
3: So um, when we got you on board for speaking at Rome, um, in one of the announcements, we made the mistake... Uh, of saying Daniel plus Davina. <laughs> so the order was wrong. And and you let us know rightfully so that it should be the other way around. So that's kind of like we kind of had a laugh about that because we shouldn't have made the mistake in the first place, but we did. But it, what it kind of said to us was you guys are really on point with, with your branding, um, Davina and Daniel. So I'm curious, why have you always branded it as as a couple and, and not – uh, either Davina's photography studio or Daniel's photography studio. Like, why was it such a conscious effort to do it that way um, from day one? Um,
0: I think I don't know if other wedding couple, uh, sorry, married couples who shoot together will relate to this or not. And but I know, for example, two men who you know were good friends with and who shoot together and have very similar business to ours. Uh, there's a bit of a stigma where you know, people assume that the guy is the main shooter and the woman is just the the assistant. And uh, we just kind of wanted to do everything that we could with our branding and our presentation to erase that because that is certainly not the case. You know, Davina and I are 50-50 partners and we're equal shooters and equal assistants to each other and equal business partners. Uh, so everything is very equal. So it was important for us to represent that in the brand.
1: In terms of like the brand and being consistent with it. Like, I think it's important for us to be consistent with us, like with the brand, like we wouldn't be. Um, I mean, if, if it was Davina Kudish photography and people were spelling, like saying Kudish Davina photography or something like to me, it's the same, like it's Davina plus Daniel. It's not Daniel plus Davina. Like that would be a different thing. Like we're, our, our website is that, our branding is that. Like it's important for me to to remain consistent with that. It's it's to me it's almost like a typo. It's like, oh you made a mistake, like it's supposed to be the other way around. That that's what the brand is. Like our incorporation is Divina Plus Daniel Inc., you know, it's our website is Davina plus Daniel.com. So yeah, to me it's just it's not even necessarily from a like emotional point of view that I want to clear that up. It's from like let's let's be clear, like that's the name of the company, so we must be consistent.
3: Have you ever in in your growth as a business at working together, have you ever been in scenarios where um, how do I say this? Like maybe as a business mentor, someone came to one of you and not the other and wanted one of you to do something. Like, have you ever been singled out, you know in any fashion? Um,
0: oh yeah, it happens all the time, not all the time. but it happens fairly often, and that's okay. and you know we evaluate each opportunity on its own. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, as you know, in general, we try to stick together.
1: I definitely am very sensitive towards that. um, Just because, like, to be honest, when we're shooting, Daniel does take the primary role, you know, like, he will do formals. So he's the one who's getting people's attention a little bit more. And, like, my role is maybe a little less obvious on a wedding day. Like I will maybe blend into the shadows a little bit more when I'm actually shooting, but then when I'm talking, I'm the one that does most of the talking. So it almost goes against our personalities in a way, but that's just how we do things. It doesn't make my role any less important, but it certainly can come off as Daniel being the main person. Um, but when we teach workshops, I, I know that I have a lot to give and, you know, I think that critiquing images and curating images is one of my strong points. Um, so when we do workshops, I do have, you know, when we have people who come, uh, students who come to us afterwards and are looking to have their portfolios critiqued, like they'll often come to me and, and not to Daniel. And, you know, I tend to focus on the times that people go to Daniel and they ask him questions and not me because I take it personally. But if I'm really thinking honestly, like I do get a lot of people who come to me specifically asking for the critiques because they know that that's kind of my role, I guess. So I think it, it balances out somewhat in the end, but men def- definitely tend to think that they want to go to Daniel, but maybe women tend to come to me, so I can't be <laughs> I can't be too difficult about that.
3: I can totally relate. Like, Jakob and I have a, a unique business relationship as well, and we have our own strengths and weaknesses for sure. And asking you that, it was just kind of like a sly way of trying to figure out your own strengths and weaknesses, I guess. <laughs> so yeah. what's next for you two, would you say? Like, it, it sounds like you're, I mean you're instinctively entrepreneurial people do you do you have any other big plans on the horizon for new businesses?
0: no we're I mean personally, no, we're starting to get approached by you know a few different businesses, which you know is a lot of fun um, you know for us to look at you know investment opportunities or you know other potential businesses that we can get involved in, so that's a lot of fun, but aside from that for you know the two of us, I think we're trying to focus on you know, the three businesses that we do have and making sure that things keep growing and keep evolving and keep running smoothly.
1: I ask myself that question a lot. I like to set goals. And last fall, I started thinking, you know, okay, the year's coming to an end. Like, what do I want for 2016? And I was like, I just want to sit on these businesses, really work at them, make sure they're growing, refine the process, you know, just get kinks figured out, just like be better at every aspect of them. And just focus on that and then focus on Max and just take it like no more big changes for 2016. And then I got pregnant and I was like, well, maybe it's going to be a little crazier than we thought. And because I'm pregnant now, we are in a very small house and we knew when we were going to have another baby that we needed to move out. So we're building a house too. So we've got a lot of personal stuff going on. So hopefully there's not too, too much crazy stuff going on this year other than that, because we've already got a lot on our plate, I'd say.
3: With the, uh, like, like, how would you describe yourselves in terms of, like, opportunities? Because earlier you said something, you mentioned opportunities. Do you two feel like you're the kind of people who create the opportunities, or do you just identify them and act on them?
1: Mm-hmm. A good I'd question. Say the,
0: my instinct is to say the latter. Like, yeah, me too. I think the Image Salon and Grace Barrow, you know, are really good examples of that where Mm -hmm. the opportunity was there in front of us and we kind of, you know, act on
1: it. Mm -hmm. I think that's the way that I was raised. My mom was always very big on that, you know, like you might not always be ready, but sometimes an opportunity presents itself and you can't wait until you're ready because opportunity doesn't necessarily wait for you to be ready. Um, Actually, the second baby is a really good example (laughs) So it's like, oh, well, we're going to be a family of four eventually. Well, it's going to happen now, you know. Wow, that... um, but I think it's like that in, in business and in life. I think things just present themselves and you're like, well, maybe this is just when it's supposed to happen because it's when it makes sense and it's when this opportunity has presented itself and I need to embrace that and I just need to get on board and and follow kind of this this clear indication that life is giving you that says like, hey, here's where you need to go, you know
3: beautifully said thanks <laughs> all right well that's uh that's a perfect high note to uh to conclude on thank you uh both very much for uh for taking the take, taking the time out of your busy schedules to do this
1: no problem thanks for having us our pleasure
3: and uh we'll be in touch on the line leading up to rome
1: sounds good we can't wait see you wait. soon
3: all right
2: take care
1: okay Bye.
3: bye
2: bye That's Davina and Daniel, wedding photographers and presenters at Way Up North in Rome, April 2016. If you're interested in more details about Davina and Daniel or about Way Up North, head over to our website wayupnorth.co. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram under @wayupnorth and on Twitter and Snapchat under Event. Thanks for listening and talk soon.